Welcome to the German Fußball Podcast. Another week, another round of Bundesliga fixtures to analyze. Dad, you are always here with me. As we always start these podcasts, Dad, where in the world are you now? I am in Norway uh, because uh, Mondays is my uh, going to the office kind of uh, day. If not, if I'm not in England, and this week, and I was working in the studio, uh, and people ask me. What's better, to be in the studio or be on the road? Uh, and I will say there are different pluses, different minuses on it. I mean, minuses is, of course, as you're on the road, you have to run from a hotel, you have to catch a flight. The, the positive thing to be in the studio is, first of all, to say hello to the, the to to my team, to the guys who's working in the studio. That is, that is always cool. Uh, but it's also that when you, like Saturday and Sunday, I'm, I'm there quite early, I'm watching all games, uh, quite literally watching all games, following every live update, being German and English football. We do the English uh, teams and English games, of course, but you have a great chance to multitask and uh, follow all games, as I do. And and especially I follow my former clubs in England, of course, Marcus, and uh, I guess you were in Swindon. Uh, tell us about how it was to get back <laughs> to Swindon. You haven't been there for 27 years. No, I haven't been there for 27 years. So I was able to go back to Swindon where I was born and where you enjoyed obviously a a very good and successful spell. And people came up to me and and mentioned that, of course, and uh, seeing how they were little boys at the time watching you and then coming up to me, me being uh, uh, 29 now, I think I kind of uh, symbolize how long ago it was since you were there considering. But yeah, fantastic. It's always special. Swindon, has always had a special place in our hearts. Me, can't say I remember all that well, but I, it's my birthplace. And I always said this about you as well. I think the older I got, the more I've come to appreciate your career in the sense that I've played as well, so I know what it takes. But then you go around there and the the mural of you still there is uh, is behind one of the stands. Uh, there was the toilet door of you, the entire one there. Uh, so it was it was nice and it's a good ground and Swindon as a club I think they'd like to see themselves a bit higher maybe not the Premier League as when you were there but maybe a bit higher but special to be back you are like a symbol for how long it was since they were yes exactly exactly so when they see you and thinking (laughs) that you were born uh, in the middle of that season uh, you, I was struggling at the beginning at at Swindon, and then you were born the twelfth of January, nineteen ninety four, and a week. So the after, story goes. Yeah, so you are luck. You are the luck, lucky mascot for me, and I, I was, I was sad to see them them losing in the ninety six minutes against Carlisle, of course, but <laughs> hopefully yeah. they will, will do better. Yeah, the old, yeah, Jody Morris, Frank Lampard's assistant, and who also played in the Premier League. Um, but it's crazy if you were about to leave at Swindon at the time and who knows what kind of career would have followed. You were obviously going to go back on loan to Lillestrøm in Norway to to hold on to your place for the head of the World Cup in 94. And then what follows is four more years in England and then Germany, Dad. So who knows? Without yeah, that yeah, yeah. time, we would have maybe seen you at Eintracht, the Bundesliga. It's funny how life's coincidences where they yeah. lead us. Small margins uh, coming from from Rapid Vienna, as I did. And uh, the assistant manager then was the Celtic legend David Hay, 
which was my coach at Lillestrøm in Norway before I went to Rapid Vienna. So as you're saying, it's a lot of coincidences, but still the good thing about things is that we can uh, we kind of we can push our luck ourselves. We have just have to work hard as you do, as I do, as most people <laughs> do. <laughs> uh, sorry, and um, that's what we have to do. And um, as they do in Germany, Marcus, to do to as they do. Them. I guess before we go into the to, to the round, <laughs> you were you've been in the studio in Norway, but also in German studio, Austrian studio. You've been able to see a dominant Bayern display against Paris Saint Germain, which was really a test of where they're at it as a club. Uh, the Bundesliga is the least of expectations for them to win, but really to manifest themselves as the one of the top teams, if not the best team in Europe. They beat the likes of a PSG dominantly absolute in control, look like the old Bayern. And then we look at a shaky start against Augsburg, 1-0 down after two minutes, but again, go on to win that comfortably. Um, what is your thoughts of where Bayern are at now? And we're looking at in the studio of Bayern, how they compare, because my theory is when they're in the Bundesliga, it's like, okay, it's the least expectations, but when they're in the Champions League, they have something to prove more so. Yeah, and I think that Joshua Kimmich made it right after the PSG game. He came out and said, I don't do any interviews today, uh, tonight. I will wait till we beat Augsburg because they're all our concentration got to be on Augsburg. Uh, but, but the fact is, I mean, yes, we we can all hope for exciting Bundesliga. Maybe this year be more exciting than we have we, we, we thought it would be. Hopefully we can stay like this till 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 May when, when the decision going to be made. But I think the fact is when you saw the players that Bayern brought on against PSG. They brought on uh, Leroy Sané, they put on Mané, they put on Cancelo, and they put on Gnabry. Uh, Cancelo doing an assist, uh, Gnabry scoring, being a lot of criticism around him. I mean, it all depends on the draws, because you can end up in the in 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 the quarterfinals to have the best team playing each other. Now, now is everything open, you can meet any team. But I think that Bayern, with their with a wide squad, a broad squad, got to be one of the favourites there. Because as you as you are saying, there is something about the culture in Bayern. It's also a to win football games is also quite good habit, as we see with Arsenal at the moment. I mean, when Arsenal are winning two games where they are behind, being Bournemouth or being Aston Villa away, and then again yesterday in Fulham, very solid performance, very. So you get a habit of winning football games. Is that is one of the greatest habits you can have. So so Bayern Munich, based on the level, the top level they have, PSG did okay in the first half, but in four halves they played against this Star Wars of team, Star Ensemble of Paris. They were much much better, and I think that is makes them quite confident that they can go far also in the Champions League. And on the topic of a Cancelo, who was there's been a bit of question marks around regarding whether he's whether he should be starting more, and then Bayern playing into a, a a back three, and whether he was suitable there because of his defensive weaknesses, if you may, versus a Stanisic, who's an academy graduate, but also more so a centre back in that sense. What is there to make of Cancelo's situation? Because this last couple of games, he's had a real impact. Absolutely, and I think that uh, Pep Pep was 
he's Pepe always says that people who doesn't want to stay here, people who are frustrated, they just have to go. That is a kind of his system. And then when he went to Bayern, he was celebrated as Salah Hamasic getting a superstar in. And then people will ask themselves, why isn't he playing in the big games? He didn't play from the start, in you know, a starting eleven against the Bayern at home. And Nagelsmann will say that is down to that they play three at the back and he doesn't feel that he can be one of them. But there is a lot of lot of things that could talk you into that, saying good or bad. The fact is that Cancelo is a great football player and he will be, like you would say, he will be decisive. And I think that the flexibility Julian Nagelsmann has, playing four at the back, playing three at the back, will make him play. You remember back in the days when Pep was doing very well, Cancelo was very decisive for them because he made... He went always went into midfield, nearly playing as a number six in there. So, so I think that Cancelo will be a very important player for them uh, coming now at the end of the season. And I and I always repeat the Jupankis. Jupankis, a former coach, always said for the big clubs, clubs it's all about March, April, and May. And uh, that that that's the kind of time we are going into now. I think that Manchester City will say the same in England. So the big clubs, they know where it's going to. I mean, and especially Real Madrid, who you also tend, the rest of this, they just start going in, in those kind of months. So so I, I guess uh, Julian Nagelsmann, inexperienced coach, but still has had to learn quick how we're going to keep the whole squad happy, do three or four rotations uh, or to rotate players and get them going and and, and Pavard, of all people, and I just have to say a bit about Pavard. Pavard scored two goals. This was a player um, at, around Christmas. He won, was on his way out. Now he's got twos. He's very central, great body language, leader on the pitch. So I, I guess now it's more likely that he will extend his contract at Bayern Munich because he knows what he has. And I think every player that plays for Bayern Munich, they're very happy to be there because it's a very professional club is a they are they are still a familiar cl- familiar club kind of family club and so i think you'll be happy to be there if we look ahead then to bayern's competitors in this we call it title race as we are we have one still in march as we look ahead to also march april and may like you say which are the decisive months we had the revere derby and it didn't disappoint in the sense that we had a Revere Derby in front of fans for the first time since 2019. Schalke has been down. COVID's hit. And Schalke has been in a good run of form. They have kept clean sheets. They've been starting to win. Dortmund suffered their first loss away to Chelsea, but even still started the year tremendously. What is there to say of, of the Revere Derby, Dad? Well, first of all, it was a great game. Uh, I, I always recommend people to go to Schalke, go to Dortmund and, and watch the game. It's a fantastic atmosphere and that didn't disappoint. And I guess the dramaturgy, the, the drama of the game was perfect for a neutral supporter. Schlotterbeck, I guess that must have been his first goal in the Bundesliga. Scored 1-0. Uh, Schalke coming back to 1-1. Then Guerreiro scored one of the, the weekend's best goals. Uh, but then at the end, Schalke equalized again and they celebrated that win of points like a win of three points because that is, of course, that is the first loss of points that Dortmund have had in 2023, just to put it in perspective. So Schalke and Rice, Rice the former Bochum coach, looks like, like you said, uh, sorting things out there. But Dortmund will be 
disappointed because Dortmund, when you're winning, that, that you you raise your level, you 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 raise your expectations uh, to the game, and uh, and and if you raise your your expectation, you can't you can't give away two leads. You you, you just get a feeling that Bayern that is they hate Dortmund when we say that, but Bayern would have never done that. So that was two lost points, and now they are two points uh, behind um, uh, Bayern Munich. Still had a Leipzig, Leipzig winning convincingly 3-0 against Gladbach. Timo Werner scoring again, Gvardiol scoring, Forsberg scoring on a uh, on a penalty. So they got a lot, lot of match winners there. So so let's hope that either the Leipzig seven points after Bayern, you can't see that happening. So I still we all have to rely on Dortmund to be a, a, a proper challenger. Yes, and you had Schlotterberg and Guerrero, like you said, and there were reports now in, in, in the press that uh, that Dortmund might be on the lookout for another striker in the summer as well. Um, you obviously have Haller, who you've uh, given praise to and is a, is a great striker, but Modest perhaps hasn't been there. Mkunku hasn't, he's not, he's not available as of right now. Yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah. It will be in Adiemi obviously being injured. Um, yeah, it will be interesting because, like you said, you have a Leipzig who are a bit far behind, perhaps even still after a convincing, um, a convincing win at home to Gladbach, who are, by the way, really, really poor away. But Gladbach got a penalty, missed that player. Player also made a penalty, so it wasn't the best of days for him. But then you have a, a Union Berlin as well, who we we never really thought would win the league, that did we? But we wanted to have that Cinderella story. Um, not losing games, but not winning games either. And maybe enough for Champions League spots, which would have still been a fantastic story. Absolutely. And well, if you say on the four places, it's a bit like in England. You have four places, of course. And uh, now with Union, Freiburg and uh, Eintracht uh, getting a bit slower. Then you will have Leverkusen who won a, a win away from home. Coming, coming quickly, but we can go back. To, we say first Leverkusen, then we can go back to Eintracht Frankfurt. Leverkusen, you just got a feeling with with Alonso. They got got one of the the managers that you will see in a club close to you in the future. Uh, going to Germany, good move for him. Being a bit up and down, but now winning. And when when these three Freiburg, Union, and Eintracht slowing down a bit, they they're getting closer. So I I I still get. They they will look for that fourth position, that Champions League uh, place, winning now uh, away from home, and yeah. So, but coming back to Frankfurt, if I may, then uh, Glasner made a statement after the game that has been doing a bit of the headlines in Germany now because they were one 0 up. Sebastian Rode, they played Stuttgart at home, and then Silas uh, fifty minutes before the end, the equalizer, and Glasner said, "We are like we we're in trottle." So throttle that is mean a, a Austrian way of saying you are an idiot. It's not an idiot, but it's like it's a it's a nice comfort version. I I would say that you've heard me say that many times. Yeah, I that's say, yeah, I heard yeah, plenty yeah, of times. Yeah, throttle. So that is not like you're not hitting you hard, but you still you still think that the expectations that the club has built up from themselves played against Real Madrid in the Super Cup final. They are playing in the Champions League. Still, as we speak, as we record this on a Monday, they're playing Naples. By the way, what a scandal that Eintracht Frankfurt's fans are not allowed to go there. I mean, that is that is scandalous, by the way, by the government of Italy, but or the region depart, uh, government. But so Eintracht 
kind of built up their own expectations and they are sometimes the hardest to um, to fulfill so they and the problem for Eintracht now is that the neighbor minds coming closer and closer minds has been very good both friends have done well there got some potential goal scorer uh, match winners in 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 the club so at the moment they had they have four points they are four points ahead of minds so if Eintracht miss out on the European spot, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about Champions League, but if they miss out on the European spot, that will be a bad season for Eintracht Frankfurt. And and uh, and, and Glasner is doing everything he can to uh, to avoid that, doing different things in training. I read a report. Sometimes he tried to, as, as, as coaches do, get your confidence up, doing simple exercises, play football, doing all the funny thing and, and then other times you have tried to tighten in and something, but but one one against Stuttgart at home. I mean, all praise to Stuttgart getting a vital point for them, but still that was a bad result for Eintracht Frankfurt. Yes, indeed. Um, it's interesting because as a club, you know, you compare it to obviously Frankfurt has a proud history and played the Europe, European Cup final against Real Madrid, but. When you were playing there, you were you were fighting against relegation. They've been in the Zweite Bundesliga a bit now. And then, as we've touched upon several times on this podcast, is the fantastic work done behind the scenes and on the pitch uh, at Eintracht Frankfurt. But as a club, and you've been in as a player, sports director, pundit, what have you, the resetting of a mindset, because Eintracht is a Champions League club now. They are Europe, Europa League champions. The fact that we say now, if they don't get European spots, is a disappointment, is a far cry from from where they've been. So, is it a matter of timing or time? Sorry, given in terms of rethinking yourself as a club that is should be top four in Bundesliga or should be top six. Yeah, I think that Eintracht Frankfurt, as you're saying, they're working so hard. They they won the cup final, they won the Europa League, they've been in the Champions League, and that that is the new Eintracht Frankfurt. Will they be in that position all year? No, they won't. Or every season? No, they won't. But still, that will be the expectations. And not only the expectation of people like myself, that when I played, like you were saying, in the Eintracht, when I played for Eintracht, we, we had a non-relegation trophy that we worked uh, for. And uh, But but it's a very professional club. They have a unbelievable uh, potential to be one of the big clubs in Germany. So I think that uh, minimum target for this season needs to be to get into Europe. They know about that. And uh, that's why Glasner is putting up some red flags already because they still got time to do that. They got a team, they got Moani. They, they, uh, sometimes a bit clumsy at the back, conceding easy goals, but they still got a potential to be up there. They do indeed. And as we look, uh, as we mentioned, pretty much all games in a vital point for Stuttgart against, against <laughs> Eintracht, is Bochum, who also won against Cologne away, which just brings it all the way open in 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 the in the in the bottom there, and Hoffenheim losing out again late on to Freiburg, just the rut they are in under Pellegrino Matarazzo. Um, now we look ahead just briefly. We have RB Leipzig in the uh, this week. We have uh, Frankfurt against Napoli, and then we have a special guest that on Thursday, don't we? We have Fabrizio Romano, and we will do a special on Thursday uh, on the three musketeers of uh, German football, being uh, Florian Wirtz from Leverkusen, Musiala from uh, Bayern, of course, and Bellingham from Dortmund. And we'll get him to get his 
analysis of their situation, what he thinks is going to be. So we do look forward to that. So a special episode this week. And and I would like just to end because uh, I, I mentioned in another episode the, the Zweite Bundesliga. And uh, we just have to have an eye on there because it's it's so funny because it's, it's like a, it repeats itself all the time. So Darmstadt was top of the league. They lost. Hamburger Sportsreiner, where Karlsruhe, all the chances in the world. They could win and they'll be top of the league. And they lost 4-2. Of course they did. That is Hamburg Sportsreiner. It's hard to get out of the Schweizer Liga. So, very happy, very satisfying to get Fabrizio on on Thursday. But I think it was the right thing to end with the Schweizer Liga, where uh, Hamburger Sportsreiner, one of the biggest clubs of Germany, are so struggling to get out of that league. Well, we look forward to Thursday and we can touch upon more about Bellingham's situation and a Florian Wirtz who has returned and has been excellent for them. Dad, thanks a lot. And then uh, we'll chat on Thursday. Auf Wiedersehen.